Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climat-wandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. If you've been following Food for Europe, you'll know we like to include lots of natural sound to transport you to where we are, to paint a picture of the best of European agriculture. Ah, they said, but for this podcast, you're covering a conference. Admittedly, it wasn't just any old conference. It was the second annual Farm to Fork conference, which celebrates, surveys and scrutinizes the European Commission's long-term roadmap towards carbon-neutral, sustainable agriculture. A very, very warm welcome to the second edition of the European Commission's Farm to Fork conference. No offence to conference moderator Katrina Sickle, But I was somewhat insistent on slightly more exciting natural sound than that. Last time, if you remember, my colleague visited the Beaujolais and sampled the region's celebrated wines. So where do I get to go? I said. Well, they sent me to a pig farm. Now's the time they're coming to suckle, so they're fighting a bit. Some of them are not happy. Welcome to Food for Europe where we're already on our seventh episode. So, armed with my microphone, I made my way to the Robert Schumann room in the Commission's iconic Berlimont headquarters in Brussels. Esteemed speakers, commissioners, commissioners, commissioners. They might seem simple to put together these virtual events, but they are not. Indeed, and it's that wariness of things going wrong which might have persuaded Green Deal Commissioner Franz Timmermans to record his opening remarks. With the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis, we cannot continue to produce our food in the same way. The first to suffer the consequences of these crises are farmers and, and, and fishers and people working in that sector. So we need to change our ways, combining the demands of our consumers, of our citizens, with the need to help the agricultural sector uh, work within planetary boundaries. And among those consumer demands he mentioned that are reflected in Farm to Fork? Healthier animals producing healthier food. And that means addressing the widespread practice of lacing animal feed with antibiotics, which studies say has implications for human health. So, back to our pig farm. It's an experimental farm run by the Wallonia Agricultural Research Centre, not far from Brussels. Our guide is agronomist Sandrine Dufourny. I need to ask you to put on protective gear so we don't bring things from outside into the pigsty. You must put on an overall and coverings for your shoes. Sandrine is facing the delicate task of separating sow and piglets so the youngsters can be weaned. And it's a perilous moment for the piglets' health. For a long time, we've dealt with that by giving them preventive antibiotics. But we can't do that anymore because of microbial resistance to antibiotics, which are also used to treat humans. 
So here we're studying alternatives to antibiotics and to zinc oxide because that too is being phased out in Europe. Maintaining good health in the piglets means preventing intestinal problems that would otherwise require these antibiotics. Treating these conditions is no longer a question of antibiotics or nothing. Science is providing new answers to animal health. And in this case, the answer has come from something other farmers throw away. The residue from apples contains so many interesting molecules from a health perspective, like polyphenols and others such as triterpenes, which are found in the skin and the seeds of the apple. And we've been looking to test them at the moment of weaning to see if these molecules, which have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, would have an effect during a stressful period during which the piglets are susceptible to inflammation. That pigs like eating apples is no secret, but the fruit's chemical properties, even in waste form, can have a dramatically positive effect on the piglet's gut bacteria, which is a critical indicator of its health. The animal's feed contains 4% of dried apple residue, and yet we've seen some interesting results on intestinal health relating to food absorption by the animals, and also an effect on the microbiome of the piglets. We've seen clearly an enhancement of gut bacteria, which is positive because the more diverse this is, the more resilient the animals become at times of stress. So the idea is not to have to rely on antibiotics, so that only if the piglet is in poor health, only if the microbiome is disrupted, do we have no alternative other than to use antibiotics. And this amazing potential is not confined only to apples. The NeoGiant project, co-financed by Horizon, the EU's research and development program, is isolating polyphenols from grape residue that vineyards in northwest Spain would otherwise throw away after winemaking. Professor Marta Lores is from the University of Santiago de Compostela, and she's one of the project's leaders. Synthetic antibiotics are really good substances. The problem is the overuse uh, is the one of the main causes of the antimicrobial resistance, which is being a huge problem not only in the farm environment and in the animal environment, but also and especially, we'll say, uh, in human environment. The main goal of NeoGiant uh, project is to develop and validate innovative natural formulations based on white gray polyphenols. Grey mark is an abundant winery byproduct from the production of white wines and retains a significant load of the original polyphenols uh, found in the grapes. NeoGiant, our project, proposed an extraction method for them, which is simple, is low cost and low energy consumption. Investment in research and innovation like this is at the heart of the Commission's goal of moving further towards low-carbon, high-quality farming and food. But the scale of Farm to Fork's overall ambition has inevitably been met with some scepticism from farmers. After all, change 
doesn't come easy, and yet farmers are remarkably good at it, according to Tassos Haniotis, DG Agri's acting deputy director general. Farmers and producers do not respond only when legislation is in place. They already are taking measures on the ground, whether it is in organic farming, whether it's in agroecology, whether it's in precision or conventional farming, whether it is in the food chain. So I think it is important to get the lessons out of these best practices and try as much as possible to communicate uh, to producers that the challenges that they're going to face are clearly difficult, but they're clearly achievable and more than anything, they're necessary. What's your view about antibiotics in farm animals? Essential? Dispensable? The use of antibiotics in animal feeds and in animals is extremely important. For us, what is important is the impact on the production side. And the impact on the production side uh, is important because uh, there is a link in the excessive use of antibiotics in animals with human health and the build-up of resistance. But it's also important because of animal welfare considerations. And we have seen actually a very uh, direct uh, negative link of the heavy use of antibiotics with animal welfare. And the higher the animal welfare standards, the lower the need for the use of antibiotics. EU agriculture policy used to be made by member states' governments exclusively. Now, the European Parliament has an equal role. So any successful policy reform has to satisfy MEPs, who themselves face pressure from lobbies, NGOs, consumer groups and constituents. Sarah Wiener is a Green MEP from Austria. The original scene of the farm-to-fork strategy is that it's not integrated in the common agricultural policy. The question is, are we going to continue as we are until the last debt-crippled farmer proves they're lost? Or do we want a real reform? For that, we need money. And thanks to the CAP, we have money. A third of the EU budget goes to the CAP. We have money, for example, to support land stewardship. But we know that 80% of this money goes to 20% of individuals and companies. And some of them are not even farmers. You can't come up with grand ideas about sustainable farming on the one hand and continue to subsidize the food industry industry and the other. We need to protect our communities, our neighbours, so they in turn can help and protect us. It's the only way to sustainability. And we must take it to liberate small farmers. I think those dinosaurs are going to have to lie down to die. Well, I put that to Tassos Haniotis, and here's his response. I don't see the original uh, scene. And the best way to answer to that is to tell you how we prepared the common agricultural policy. In the context of the impact assessment we did for the uh, future cap already back in 2017, we decided not to have a so-called preferred option. We had three very distinct options, one moving too much in the economic direction, the other on the environmental, the third in the social dimension with a lot of redistribution towards small farmers. And from these three options, we looked at what were the costs and what were the benefits of each one and synthesized them. We have two types of uh, concerns, uh, which come usually in, a, in all types of reforms. One is you're not doing enough, and the other is you're doing too much. I mean, it's natural that producers focus 
on the impact of some policy measures on their cost of production. And if the cost of production goes up, there are going to be losses. But equally obvious is the fact that technological programs uh, helps in reducing exactly the cost of production and helping you make these adjustments. Making that adjustment both easier and more profitable for farmers and rural communities is what the Clean Farms project focuses on. Also co-financed by Horizon, it looks at holistic solutions to cutting carbon pollution at every step in the farm-to-fork journey. Jacques-Éric Berguez is a coordinator of Clean Farms. Farmers are citizens the same as anyone else. They know very well that climate change is affecting all parts of society as well as their production systems. They want to move forward, but they need support. They alone cannot be responsible for meeting the costs linked to climate change measures. So our job is to help farmers to try to work within farmers' reality to take these solutions forward. For example, that could mean banks giving preferential credit to farmers who embrace this approach. It could mean a transformation that enables farms to be certified as low carbon. And of course, we're talking about agricultural advisors and cooperatives that are adopting a more holistic, systemic vision. To achieve that, information is essential. And a big role of the Clean Farms project is to make this catalogue of information available. And it's this support, says the Commission, that will continue to build the farming systems of a sustainable future. Listen, I, I have had 31 years uh, career in the European Commission and I've seen six reforms. In every one of the reforms we made, uh, farmers uh, express their legitimate uh, concerns about the potential impact, but they saw that at the end of the day, agriculture had the capacity to adjust because it's very resilient. It didn't happen without any cost, but that's why we spend almost 60 billion every year to be able to cover this cost. I'm pretty confident that the same thing is going to happen this time around if, and there are significant ifs there, in the strategic plans of the member states, we look at the big picture and the strategic orientation instead of looking at the nitty-gritty details. In his remarks to the Farm to Fork conference, Agriculture Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski echoed this point about member states and the shared responsibility for implementing farm to fork. Uh, in their plans, member states must include a clear strategy for fairer systems of agriculture. They should take advantage of a new instrument to target support to, to those who need it most uh, and to open opportunities for small and family farmers young farmers and women farmers. Before we go, let's head back to that porcine paradise in Wallonia, where I asked our guide, Sandrine, about the future of the experiment she's supervising. We need to see others further downstream in the production chain who are interested in this, grabbing hold of the opportunity. Here in Wallonia, we don't have a dryer for apple residue. 
We need to see investment in such a dryer so that different producers can use this upper residue. In Wallonia, it would be good to follow this project through to the end by obtaining such a dryer for apple producers. What is for some just waste has a much higher value for others. It's a circular economy. Well, now you can believe it. An apple a day keeps the doctor away, especially for pigs. That's all from the Food for Europe team for this podcast. Paul Anderson will be back in a couple of weeks looking at farming and tech from another angle. You can find all our podcasts on the DG Agri website. For now, cheers and bon appétit. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. The climate change affects ever more parts of the world. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 